Welcome to the seventh episode of the Hipster Baseball Podcast. I am DeCarlo Calloway alongside Dorian. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about earning your MBA in baseball, taking a baseball trip to Latin America, remind a certain manager that drinking and driving is illegal and completely dangerous, and we're going to wager $8,000 on double jeopardy. So like we start off all of our episodes, we're going to share what we're sitting back and drinking on today. So what's going on, Dory? How are you today, man? How are you, DiCarlo? I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty. I'm getting ready to open up a beer. How shocking. So today I'm going to open up again with you and our wonderful listeners. And Überlin, my terrible German, Überlin, Berliner Weisse. It's from a local Uberlein. brewery called, what is it? Überlin Berliner Weisse. There you go. I'll leave it to you. It's from a local brewery called Strange Ways Brewing in Richmond, Virginia. I'm going to be drinking out of a 32-ounce crowd. This beer actually dates back to the 16th century and was called the People's Champagne and also the Champagne of the North by Napoleon's troops when they were rampaging across Europe. And it was even brewed by Frederick the Great, a great German military political leader. It's called, it was called Champagne because it has bubbles. And a Berliner Weisse is, uh, is actually so mild that people actually put additional flavors to make it more, to make it tastier. So in Berlin, Germany, the beer is served with straw and this is going to be my terrible German again, mit Schuss with a shot of syrup or either with mit Himbeere with raspberry syrup or mit Walmeister, a green syrup made from sweet herbal woodruff, a wild baby's breath. Now, Berliners can order it asking for ein Rotze, a red, or eine Grüne, green. And in the 19th century, a caraway-flavored schnapps was also added instead. So cheers to you and cheers to our seventh episode. Oh, Prost. Consider Prost. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so this evening I am drinking Buffalo Trace Kentucky uh, bourbon. So for those who don't know, you can only be classified as a bourbon if you are in Kentucky and in Bourbon County. Um, you know, because some people will sit back and drink, drink Tennessee whiskey and think, oh, well, you know, isn't that like bourbon? It's like, no, it's not bourbon. And the difference between, say, your scotch, your American bourbons and your Irish whiskeys, scotch distilled once, American wh bourbons, whiskeys twice, Irish three times. So this is one of my favorites because it has a nice caramel type flavor to it and it settles really nicely. I'm drinking it with two ice cubes. Um, and yeah, this is definitely one of my, if not my most favorite, uh, Kentucky bourbon to drink. So on that, I bless note, America. Yeah, man. Keeping it, you know, keeping it American <laughs> made. So, you know, as you're listening to our podcast, those of our, our, our faithful listeners, you know, that we want you guys to tweet us your drinks and we'll retweet the best ones. Our total handle is at HBP 44 and remember to use the hashtag HBP drink. So there's an interesting uh, bit of baseball business that's going on uh, currently, and it's involving America's favorite general manager from the early 2000s, uh, Billy Bean, and the people over at FSG, Fenway uh, Sports Group. So what do you want to let's, 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 let's uh, engage the listener about 
this uh, this bit of news which is uh, going on. So, what can you tell us? I know Dorian, you're very knowledgeable about uh, very few things. I'm yeah. knowledgeable about very few things. <laughs> oh, please, don't be so modest. What we're, we're going to do a quick Siskel and Ebert segment here. We're going to take everybody back to the to the movie Moneyball. It was actually a big hit back in 2011. It starred Brad Pitt and uh, Jonah Hill. And it was actually based off of the Michael Lewis book back in 2003 called Moneyball. And it was on Billy Bean. So, and the Oakland Athletics. At the end of Moneyball, if we all remember, Billy Bean's character, played by Brad Pitt, is offered the general manager position for the Boston Red Sox. That was his dream job. And he turned it down. And this happened in real life. But what, what they didn't tell you was that Billy Bean actually leveraged that offer from the Boston Red Sox to become the executive vice president, which was a higher title of baseball operations for the Oakland Athletics, and also a small minority ownership in the same club. Now, Billy Bean's a smart man. He's been with the Oakland Athletics for over 30 years, and he has a, he has a company that they're in talks about merging with like DeCarlo said, Fenway Sports Group. Now, Fenway Sports Group owns the Boston Red Sox, and DeCarlo loves this, the English premier soccer club, Liverpool. And as my business, as one of, when I was in business school, one of our professors told us, there are no mergers, only acquisitions. And that is absolutely correct. Billy Bean's company is called Red Ball Acquisition Corporation. And so if Billy Bean is actually able to acquire Fenway Sports Group, he will have to leave the Oakland Athletics because one individual cannot own multiple ownership shares in Major League Baseball clubs. Billy Bean really likes soccer, and he also owns 5% of the Dutch club AZ Alkmaar. Alkmaar, I believe, the way it's, it's pronounced. It's Alkmaar. So Alkmaar, sorry. See, my Dutch, my German is no good. Azed Alkmaar. Azed Alkmaar. All right. Well, ne next week we'll do we'll do this we'll do this podcast in Dutch. So the way Billy Bean is going to try to acquire the Fenway Sports Group is through something called a SPAC, which is a special purpose acquisition company. Right now, it is all the rage on Wall Street. It's basically a cheaper way of taking a private company public. So if you remember when Facebook used to be a private company, Mark Zuckerberg made it public, and now you're able to buy shares in Facebook. Same thing with Google. Same thing with Amazon. And so basically a SPAC is an empty shell that raises money from investors in a public offering and then uses that money to find a private company to merge with that target. And ultimately that company becomes public. And so Billy Bean SPAC, the, what is it called? The Red Bull Acquisition Corporation is already public. And then they will immediately buy Redway Fen Group and Fen Ren Red Fenway Sports Group. Those people will ultimately become <laughs> public. So the last thing about a SPAC. So typically the way a SPAC works is that it raises money from public. Like I said, it raises money from public investors and you only pay uh, about five and a half percent to the investment banking, which is less than what you would pay if you didn't go through the SPAC. So all this information is I've been learning from one of my favorite financial writers called Matt Levine. Matt Levine, he, he writes over at Bloomberg. I love this guy. So I highly recommend that you he's sign up to stuff. his, you sign up to his newsletter, but I love him, but uh, he's more into bonds, but I love him. Right. No, honestly, it's really interesting considering how, um, you know, a lot of people 
when you think of sports, it's not just what's going on in the fields. It's actually a lot of businesses, like business moves being like made. And, you know, they're a larger part of the economy. And just looking at how, um, you know, Billy Bean's company and his SPAC is potentially going to take, you know, to merge with uh, and acquire Fenway Sports Group do this way. It's, it, it was, I found it really interesting, honestly. It was something I, I wasn't too knowledgeable about at first, but how, you know, because most people, when you think of, say, businesses and companies that go public, it's through an IPO, which is an initial public offering, where you pretty much estimate the worth of your company and how the shares will be valued. And then you put them on the open market for just your average everyday investor to kind of um, go into and buy. But this is actually a company kind of doing a segue to it, acquiring them and doing it at a less lesser fee. So it's interesting to just learn something kind of new and see how within the sports arena, you see business deals being made. And also that you realize that teams are owned by big companies, like in groups. So when you look at Fenway Sports Group, like Dorian mentioned earlier, it owns Liverpool Football Club, which it, it, I find it really interesting because I remember when they acquired, um, when Fenway Sports Group acquired Liverpool, and I'm, a, I'm an avid, avid soccer fan as much as baseball too. And this was very difficult for me because of course, as a Yankee fan, you know, I it, it's hard to sit back and say, hey, I'm going to continue to support a team owned by the people who own the Red Sox. But, you know, across the pond, allegiances don't, they're different. I, I created a little pivot for that. But they went in there and acquired it and allowed their team to be successful, like to create a team that's successful, just like they did with the Red Sox. And you see how it's playing across the whole gambit of sports and business. So it'll be interesting to see what their business does, how Billy Bean will impact say, the soccer area if he does, if this deal does go through and how it might actually have an effect on, say, like the Boston Red Sox. You know, they're a team recently, as we've seen, ha, you know, has not been that successful, but they were a few years successful not too long ago. And maybe some of these deals that are happening behind the scenes are going to impact how that could translate to them playing in the field. You know, and this is the time for acquisitions. Let's keep in mind, too, recently, um, Steve Cohen closed on um, the deal with the Mets. So that's official. He went in there and cleaned house on the back rooms, like on the uh, front office staff, getting rid of the general manager, uh, special assistant Omar Minaya, bringing back Sandy Alderson as president, but is also kind of keeping him on a tight leash as well. And they're ambitious too, thinking about free agents. There's been uh, talk that they'll possibly be looking at Trevor Bauer um, to come into their pitching staff. So you can only imagine, say, like Trevor, Trevor Bauer and Jacob DeGrom in the same rotation. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that might be happening. But, you know, we'll be talking more further about the hot stove and all of those uh, deals that would be uh, taking place. But before we do that, we also have some other uh, baseball winter leagues that are taking place right now, which Dorian has really been uh, examining and looking into. So tell us about some of these winter leagues that are going on. Before we move on to that, I want to go back and add to what you had said very, very smartly that sports, is a, sports leagues are a business. And if you follow ice hockey, baseball, lacrosse, rugby, soccer, football, baseball. You hear it from every player and they say more or less, this is a business and they get that thrown in their face when they get traded or they don't get the contract they want. 
that's when they realize this is not a little boy's game anymore. This is a business and people are here to make money. And they look at you, a player, like a commodity. And they look at you like a fan, like also a commodity that, that they want to get because they want your money. And you mentioned Steve Cohen obviously closed, closed the owning, closed to own the New York Mets. And I think two or three days ago, he has a Twitter account and he was engaging with the fans. And if you're able to go to on his Twitter account, I don't know what off the top of my head, but just look up Steve Cohen and the, the nickname that the New York Mets fans are giving him is uh, Uncle Steve. Yeah, <laughs> These, the, new, the New York Mets fans are ecstatic. And I am so happy self too. I am so that. happy for them. Like, obviously, I don't like the Mets. They're the rivals to my Atlanta Braves in the National League East Division. But I'm so happy for them because they have been under terrible management uh, ownership for the, for over 20 years. But Will Ponds, uh, Will Ponds, exactly. <laughs> so HBP, we're fearless here. We flew right over Hurricane Ada and went to Latin America, where it's the winter league season now. And I was able to watch a couple of the games from the Cuban Serie Nacional de Baseball de, de Cuba. And uh, the, the Nicaraguan Winter League begins November 13th. The Dominican, which is the premier winter league, begins November 15th. And I want to talk a little bit about my impressions of the of the. Uh, of the Cuban game. I watched two games. I watched uh, Camaway versus uh, Artemisa and also Matanzas versus Olguin. What I noticed is that there's a lot of offense in the Cuban league. And now I'm, I'm, I'm cheating here a little bit because the Cuban league is not part of the winter league because only Cuban players play in Cuba because uh, politically it's a closed system economy what have you let's not get too much far into that but still they're playing right now and it's something to watch i watch it on youtube so can you uh they're about a week delayed but it's worth watching high scoring high batting average but the control of the pitchers is very erratic it is very <laughs> erratic i mean it's all over the place and what i noticed was is it does, usually, it, does it result in a, like a lot of uh hit by pitch there was a couple, but it's most of them that they don't throw hard enough where the where the batter actually can duck out of the way. Thank oh, really? goodness. So what's their yeah. velocity looking like? And what I five eighty like eighty. Oh, they don't they don't put up the they don't put up the 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 the, the miles per hour of, of oh, what it is. Cool. I have no idea. I can't tell by 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 my eye, just my eyesight. So the pitching is a bit erratic, and it's it's very old school in the sense of if the play if if a team gets a man on first base, it's almost automatic that all the Cuban teams just go ahead and try to bunt, sacrifice bunt to get the guy over to second base. And I was like, what in the world's going on here? But it's still, it's, it's enjoyable because it's something completely different and it's something you haven't seen before. And so it adds a different I, dimension to the game. So you're 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 pretty much seeing different styles that we're not really used to here over in the States. Absolutely. Like I said, it, it's a high scoring high batting averages and what i found peculiar again this is cuba a different political system to leave it <laughs> to, to to leave it at that different is that is that yeah that, that's, that's what we're gonna go with right now that's what we're different? gonna go with right now oh, yeah. we're just gonna All go right. it's different so <laughs> normally when you're watching an american or a european or even an asian sports league there's a commercials in between breaks quarters innings whatever there are no commercials in the serie nacional de cuba it all they do is play salsa music, which is awesome, but it's the same 
darn song every single inning, so you get kind of tired of it. And they they show public uh, public health commercials from the Ministry of Public Health talking about the uh, mosquito. All of this is, is in Spanish, of course. Mosquitoes, COVID nineteen, uh, this, that, and the other. So it's all public health announcements and salsa. <laughs> no commercial. They're, they're not selling you like, hey, go buy this toothpaste. Hey, go buy this Transformers movie or uh, figurine. So it's it was it was interesting and it, it, it's good to watch. Um, so like I said, the, the premier winter league in Latin America is the, is the Dominican Republic. Unfortunately, because of COVID, they actually had to slash their games. They usually play about 50 games over the winter and they, mm. and they had to slash it down to about 30 games. And so that's sort of November 15th. And on the second tier, you have basically the Nicaraguan league and you also have like Panamanian, the Colombian, and the Nicaraguan League starts November 13th. I highly recommend it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to include the links to watch the Dominican League, the Nicaraguan League, and the Cuban League in our Twitter account at HBP4040. Now, lastly, as we waddle back into the, ter- the dangerous terrain of world politics, I want to talk about La Liga, La Liga Venezolana de Baseball Profesional, the Venezuelan Winter League. Here, so hold on. The, the, like, let's, let's notice the difference between your German pronunciation and your Spanish pronunciation. Like, it went, like, from, like, Herbaline. I don't speak German. Like, Herbaline. Uberlin. Uberlina. I know the umlaut, the umlaut, the umlaut are the two dots above the U's in, in the Germanic languages. Ooh. I know that's pronounced U, but U, yeah. U, but that's about it. I'm, I took one year of German. I was horrible. I remember this was in high school. And we would have to, we would have to count out the numbers in German. You know, it's uh, one, two, three, whatever. And then, so it's one, it's basically one, two, three, four, five. And then six is the exact sound of how humans procreate. And so you can imagine, (laughs) you can imagine high school boys, they, when we were, when we were counting up to six, we would just say, I'm that I feel whatever. And then when six came up, we, everyone would yell out and then, giggle like dumb high school boys do Maybe not, you know. ah! exactly so anyways <laughs> but no but it's funny so so here guys you, you notice that we're quite uh we have a certain level of pronunciation when it comes to languages you know hey be an international learner language it helps you especially when you on you traverse across the world and, and you know it, it's always nice to be able to speak other other tongues at least if you could order a beer that always is helpful but let's that's go back true. to venezuela i'm sorry so that's that's fine. So in Venezuela, there may not even be a winter league, and Venezuela is probably in that second tier, right along with Nicaragua, when it comes to the quality of baseball that's played in Latin America. And the reason for that is because of U.S. government sanctions. Now, U.S. has, has had government sanctions against Venezuela for years now, since the time Chavez was president, and now uh, Nicolas Maduro. Yeah, oh, quote quick question. President. Have you have you ever like there were these videos on YouTube a long time ago? Because you know, like uh, Chavez would have like talk with the people, and he would sit back and go in on President Bush. He'd be like, "Mr. Danger, Mr. Danger, you know, Senor Danger," and like go off and like it's it's really interesting like television. Like, and you could probably find these on YouTube though. But I mean, I digress. But it's just really interesting to see how politics and the way like international posturing and how this impacts and affects sports you right know, and, the, and the way yeah 
and the weight specifically, we're, we're going to get down here to, to brass tacks here, the weights that those sanctions specifically affect the Venezuelan Winter League is that because of this, Rawlings, as we know, produces baseballs. Because of the sanctions, they, Rawlings has been unable to export baseballs. Without a ball, you can't play anything. And to add to the economic, the political turmoil that's, that's, been, goal, that's been ongoing in Venezuela, there's also COVID-19. And so it's, I, if I was a betting man, which I'm not a degenerate gambler, I would say they will, there will not be a Venezuelan winter league because of the sanctions, the crippling sanctions, as well as COVID-19. So it's, it's actually sad because Venezuela produces some tremendous baseball quality. I'm going to name, I'm going to name off some of those players that are currently in the major league baseball, uh, the all-star center field, all-star right fielder from the Atlanta Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr. The Jose Altuve, the shortstop from the Houston Astros, Wilson Contreras, the catcher from the Chicago Cubs. And DeCarlo is going to like this one, New York Yankee second baseman, Glaber Torres. I mean, there's about like 90 players from, from Venice who are, originally from Venezuela, who play in Major League Baseball. So it's incredibly sad what's going on in Venezuela. Uh, baseball is just a derivative impact of what's going on politically and economically. But again, I'm going to include some of those links so you can watch Latin, Amer Latin American Winter League in our, on our Twitter account. I'm going to continue watching and I'm going to continue updating you because I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It's actually the first time I've actually watched this. I've always heard about the leagues, but I never actually made it, made it a, a point to do it. Yeah, well, thank you, Dorian. I'll definitely check those out, too, because it'll be interesting to see. Um, so this week, heading back over to the States and uh, looking at the major leagues, we are entering into the awards, league awards. So currently, let's kind of give a recap. They did uh, they did uh, announce our rookie, rookie of the years. And tonight, we are going to be looking at um, – or getting who are the Cy Young Award winners. So just even kind of going back towards our predictions. So if we go back to a little recap of Miss Cleo time where you call us now so we can get your free tarot card baseball reading. 599 um, a minute, folks. Yes, because the bills need to be paid and the lights need to stay on. Uh, so looking at Dorian's predictions, uh, you want to run those down for us, Dorian? At last, in the last episode, I had quick predictions, but I actually had my extended regular season major league baseball predictions on our, on our Twitter account. But last week I said that I thought that the major league, the national league MVP would be Freddie Freeman, the first baseman from the Atlanta Braves who recovered from COVID. The manager of the year in the American league would be Kevin cash. Uh, Kevin cash did win the manager of the year. And I know DeCarlo also, also pre correctly predicted Kevin cash. It's incredible. It's, it's incredible to, to say that because we're so terrible at this Miss Cleo. Like I love doing the predictions, but we're terrible at it. But again, it's, it's fun. And like I said, the results are guaranteed or your money back. All right. And so, yeah, I NL MVP, we won't find out until tomorrow, but I still got Freddie Freeman going and I got Jose Abreu. Um, yep. I was right. Kevin Cash, Cy Young, we might find, we will find out tonight, both NL and AL. Currently they have not announced those, but I'm running with Trevor Bauer for the NL and AL Cy Young. I'm running with Shane Beaver. So moving on today, before we continue to move on, we first have a word from our sponsors. So recently 
with all the whole pandemic and stuff, you got a lot of people who've been moving out of town, who've been moving out of the cities and actually upgrading to a lot of bigger space and finding themselves wanting to decorate and find some new furniture. And when you have that dilemma, one thing you definitely want to keep your mind at ease with is a place you can go to find the furniture that will complete your new home. Because home is where you will likely be for quite a while if you know the world is still how it is, but also just in being comfortable. So to be able to find that furniture that will make your house that living home, you need to go to Levitt's. Because remember, Levitt's has a wide array of furniture ranging from love seats, lazy boy, cash flow convertibles, all of the names that you know and love, you will be able to find at Levitt's. At Levitt's. So remember, you will love it at Levitt's. Never forget that you will love it at Levitt's. So today we got some unsolicited advice that we need to continue to give out to Jerry Reinsdorf. Now we've spoken about... Yeah, I want to I want I want to tell you we can go back to Miss Cleo because it was just announced Shane Bieber did win the American League Cy Young and your boy Trevor Bauer won the National League Cy Young as the oh. two top pitchers in all of baseball. So I was right, and uh, so Miss Cleo is not really. We're actually getting better at this. And I was wrong. I picked uh, Framber Valdez, the rookie Houston Astros pitcher for the American League, which I, I knew he was going to win. But I, the guy's tremendous. I, I love him. And who did I pick for National League? Oh, Jacob Degrom. I, mm. I think Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher on the planet. But Trevor Bauer had Trevor Bauer had an amazing season for the Cincinnati Reds. So congratulations to Trevor Bauer from the Cincinnati Reds and Shane Bieber, who is not related to Justin. For the Cleveland Indians. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations to both of them. And congratulations to myself for making that great prediction. So add on the back to me. So we'll continue with some unsolicited advice because Jerry Reinsdorf, uh, for one, this is going back to our old good old friend, Tony LaRusso. And since he has been hired by the Chicago White Sox, more information has been flowing out regarding his arrest for his drunk driving and flowing indeed flowing of alcohol just like what we're drinking yes but exactly. we're not driving we don't drive mm-hmm. and so you know we gotta we gotta look back on this because so let me kind of give you i got some information that came out recently regarding so i'm gonna add in when you look at that i'm gonna add this again mm. people i feel like this has become the tony larusa podcast it's terrible yeah. tony larusa 76 year old hall of famer He's a manager, one of the best managers of his era. Absolutely. He's won multiple championships with with different teams. But as we've said in multiple podcasts, he has sued Twitter because he has no sense of humor. He was arrested for drunken driving back in 2007 in Jupiter, Florida. Um, And he was completely knowledgeable of all the steroid abuse that was going on in the late 80s and 90s. He he helped cover it up. this is not the man to be, and he was hired by Jerry Reinsdorf last week's grow beard and go, go into hiding gentleman, owner of the Chicago White Sox. Yes. And so we got some actual quotes from uh, the rest arrest report, which were because he was, by- he, Carlo, let's add that he wasn't just arrested in 2007. He was arrested back in February 24th, 2020 in Phoenix, Arizona for what, what do you think that he was arrested for listener? Drinking and driving. It's that old school thing. It's like, you know what? Well, I had two beers. It's all right. I'm having a third while I drive, but I don't care. I mean, he I thinks that it's still like Mad Men era. It's Mad Men era. It's like, yeah, yeah. just have a drink. Don't wear your seatbelt. Uh, safety belts are for wusses. 
Yeah. And so this is what he says during his DUI, quote, allegedly. Well, according to the police report, this was tweeted out by Jeff Pizan. Um, do you see, quote, do you see my ring? LaRusso said to the arresting officer, quote, I am half a hall. I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person. I'm legit. I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. Like, really, dude? Is he Hulk Hogan? Why you? <laughs> Listen here, brother. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't, don't get it. Like, but looking. Uh... <laughs> he is a, I've said this before. He is a rich man. He's not a wealthy man. He is a rich man. He doesn't need to be driving himself around. If he wants to have a drink, he's a grown ass man and he can do it. But he doesn't need to be driving himself around. He could hire a driver. I'm going to throw in an amazing British rock star. We're talking about Liverpool Football Club. We're going to go. There's a there was an amazing band called The Who. One of the greatest drummers of all time, Keith Moon. He had a huge drinking problem, but he ultimately had his license revoked from him by the British government. And you know what he said? I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop drinking. What he did was he hired a chauffeur to drive his Rolls Royce. He would sit in the back and he would hit up every pub and and where he lived outside of London. And you know what, if he wanted to just drown his liver, so what he was a grown boy, he could do that, but he did it responsibly. And we're talking about the 1970s, DeCarlo. He realized, you know what, I'm not going to drive anymore. I want to drink and not put anyone's life in peril. Tony La Russa has now been caught DUI twice. So going back to getting your crash MBA course here on HPB, the statistical probability is telling you that these are only the two times that he was caught. Who knows how many times he was let off because, hey, brother, I got rings. I'm a Hall of Famer. And who knows how many times he wasn't caught at all because there were no cops around there. This is this is a terrible, terrible look for the Chicago White Sox, for Jared Reinsdorf. Now, clearly, clearly, this is an organization and an owner who doesn't really care about appearances when it comes down to it. I mean, you know, for him, clear, some people within the organization feel as though Larusa is the perfect person to lead them to the promised land, or at least to develop their club a little bit further, more so than Edgar Rectoria. Um, it's a shame that you know, looking at his character as an individual, even with, as a manager. It doesn't really seem as though it is he he's the right person to help lead this team, which is young, which is on the cusp of really becoming a top team in Major League Baseball to bring in an individual who chafes at authority and uses his status and position with the baseball as a as a get out of jail free card. And, you know, it it demonstrates I'm not going on the whole wolf parade or anything like that or trying to just like come down on people. You know, people do grow and, and people do need second chances. He's a 76. But he's 76 old. years old. Come on. And, and the Chicago White Sox yeah. knew about the arrest back in February. And they yeah, still, yeah. and not they, Reinsdorf still hired him. Look, Reinsdorf is, he's a miser. He doesn't like, he doesn't like firing people because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to pay out their contracts. You have to remember, Reinsdorf is the man who signed the Chicago Bulls stars back in the 90s. Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan took comically bad long-term contracts. And every year he would refuse to renegotiate. Michael Jordan made Reinsdorf a wealthy man. Reinsdorf was always a rich man, but
but Jordan added so much value to the Chicago Bulls. Reinsdorf didn't want to share one red penny with Jordan, not one. And now Tony La Russa is driving down the value of his Chicago White Sox and he does nothing. It, it just blows my mind, the inconsistencies of Jerry Reinsdorf. A lot of people tend to be mercurial and they make interesting decisions. So who are we to judge? We'll just sit back and see whether or not it actually goes anywhere as time goes on. Um, so we're getting to that point, and that's like in our uh, podcast where we want to sit back and remind you guys, baseball and just talking about business and all of our other musings is not something that you do alone, especially for those who have their pets. So remember, tweet us a picture of your pets as you listen to the podcast, I'll you, as you watch the awards being unveiled on MLB, as you read the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, or uh, Bloomberg News, learning about SPACs and other business acquisitions. And so, watch the Latin American Winter Leagues. Yes, I was not even, I was going to add that as well. So please remember, bad. you tweet us at HBP4040 and remember to use the hashtag HBPPets. That's H-B-P-P-E-T-S, pets. And this week we had... It's been an interesting week. I mean, on the political scene, we've had a presidential election called for President-elect Joe Biden, but we're going through the whole process of everything else. We try to stay away from the politics here at HBP too much, but regardless, this is America, this is democracy, and we always applaud democracy. So thank you, America, for being able to have another election. Um, but also, we had a little sad news. We had uh, Jeopardy host Alex Trebek pass away after his battle with stage four pancreatic cancer. And Alex Trebek, like, I don't know about you, but I'm a huge Jeopardy fan. This was really touching, like, because I've watched Jeopardy since I was a kid. I watch it every single night at seven o'clock. I participate with it. I, you know, it, it's, it's been huge. And, you know, sometimes you forget how individuals, especially when it comes to overall culture, have an impact on our lives. And we could sit back and think about, every single thing that has kind of gone that has gone on within our lives and how certain staples like watching the six o'clock news or watching jeopardy have played a role and so alex trebek uh we lost him this week and we definitely want to send our condolences to him and uh he was just an interesting guy too what do you want to add to dorian about alex just like hbp alex trebek loved pets his favorite animal believe it or not was the musk ox I had no idea what in the world a musk ox is, but it's an ox that's called a musk. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. joking. But um, the funny thing is that there's actually a musk ox named after him, Trebek, and it's at the Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium in Tacoma, Washington. So those of you who are going to the Northwest or live in the Northwest, go to the Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium in Tacoma, Washington, and uh, ask where the Trebek muskox is. And you know what, Trebek, he's, he's Canadian. He was originally well, Canadian. Did, before we move on about that, but just like kind of a few uh, facts about the muskox. They, one, the things that Alex Trebek admired of them were their protective and um, familial um, setup. So if say they're being um, approached by predators, what would happen is, is that you would have the men encircle the family and then the women and the calves going in the middle 
So essentially creating a, a perimeter around the vital points of their families away from predators. And, and now it's really interesting about them. And, and he said, uh, I paraphrase, you know, I, I just like the way that their hair blows in the wind. <laughs> this is a very subtle <laughs> type of thing. Um, so, you know, that's an interesting thing when you think about animals too, is like, wow, you know, what are some of the things that really attract us to the animals that we find kinship with or have as pets and cohabitate with? And so just thinking about, say, their familial dynamics and the way in which their their hair blows is a really interesting thing. I just wanted to add that. Yeah. So Alex Trebek loved animals and he loved his drink. That sounds like, like the epitome of an HBP man. So he, his favorite animal was the muskhawks and his favorite drinks were low fat milk and Chardonnay but not together. Wow, so I, he's I found so that bougie. Inter- that, that's I found like, that interesting, that's like a, though. That's like a mix of, say, like uh, a five-year-old coming home from school and his how uh, his mother, who <laughs> was sending... A 1980s, yeah, a like, 1980s glamour 1980s, girl. 1950s. Chardonnay was huge in the 80s. But even, say, like a 1950s, like it's like a throwback from... Uh, Ozzy and Aria type of thing. But it's cute, though, at the same time. It's like, wow, he liked low-fat milk to ease down his nerves. And when he felt a little frisky, he had a glass of Chardonnay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we we are heartfelt condolences to uh, Trebek's family. I think he had two grown children and maybe grandchildren, I'm not sure. And also also the Jeopardy family, which I feel that most of of Canada and the U.S. uh, have been a part of. Yeah, so definitely sad about that. But once again, everybody, want to thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. You find us at Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and give us a review. We really like to hear what your thoughts and uh, about our podcast, so we can definitely uh, continue to improve as we move forward. Follow us on our Twitter at HBP forty forty, and our drinks will be in the show notes. Not only that, we will have the links to the Latin American games on our Twitter handle and our Twitter feed. So if you definitely want to check those out, see how when you get a runner to first base and then you are just going to try to advance by bunting turns out and see what other fiascos happen, definitely do because it, it, I, I'm going to be tuning in because I'm just looking forward to see how that's going to be. So definitely make sure you check that out. And join us next time with a brand new episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast. Take care, everybody.